0: Welcome back to Scriptures with Mom and Terry. I'm the mom, Linda Weiniger. Um, Okay, so yesterday we left off at uh, Doctrine and Covenants chapter or section 42, verse 37. So we're just going to get right into it because um, it's still like a long section. So we want to be able to cover everything and we don't want a part three because I don't like that kind of stuff. So, and it shall come to pass that he that sinneth and repenteth not shall be cast out of the church and shall not receive again that which he has consecrated unto the poor and the needy of my church or in other words unto me for inasmuch as ye do it unto the least of these ye do it unto me for it shall come to pass that for it shall come to pass that which i spake by the mouths of my prophets shall be fulfilled for I will consecrate the riches of those who embrace my gospel among the Gentiles unto the poor of my people, who are of the house of Israel. And again thou shalt not be proud in thine heart. In thy heart. Let all thy garments be plain, and their beauty the beauty of the work of thine own hands. And let all things be done in cleanliness before me. Thou shalt, be Id- Thou shalt not be idle, for he that is idle shall not eat the bread, nor wear the garments of the laborer. Okay, this is so important, especially with business. Um, Finn, you said the other day, I just wish we could get money and not work that hard for it. <laughs> and... It's so true. I wish we could get money for it, for not working that hard. There are certain things that you can do that are less work um, than others, but it depends on what you think is fun. You know, if you think working in construction is fun, then you th- then you're not going to think that that is work. For me, that would look like a lot of work, and so I wouldn't want to do that. But for somebody else, it might be just fine and it's their favorite thing. So it doesn't even seem like work to them. So they're excited to go to work every day. So it just depends on um, how you look at your work, right? Um, now, I'm not saying that all you can do is just just stick to the things that you love because obviously you're going to do things that you don't love, but you can bring that love or that passion with you. Um, that's what dad likes to say. You can bring the passion with you wherever you are because in the end, you know, what, why are you working anyway for your family and your family brings you joy. And so you can just remember your family when you're working hard, you know, you're providing for your family. Um, or, you know, maybe you're not providing for your family. Maybe you're providing for your, for your own self, or maybe you're providing help for humanitarian cause, or maybe you're providing, um, vacation opportunities for yourself or, for your family. So it just, you know, you have to figure out what it is that is going to help you think of the task that you're doing, um, that it makes it more fun, you know, um, so that you don't think of how much work it really is. And that's really what it comes down to. Uh, because all work is work. And uh, they're either you're going to work throughout the process or you're going to work hard early on in the process or you're going to work hard after the process. You know, it just I mean, you can't avoid the work. So um, just keep that in mind. It's your attitude that you can change towards the work that will make the work go by faster. OK, 43. And whatsoever are just kidding. And whosoever among you are sick and have not faith to be healed but believe shall be nourished with all tenderness with herbs and mild food. And that not not by the hand of an enemy and the elders of the church, two or more shall be called and shall pray for and lay their hands upon them in my name. And if they die, they shall die unto me. And if they live, they shall live unto me. Okay. So this piece, this piece right here, I like that because there's certain people that believe, that only by faith will you be healed and you know let's just get a priesthood blessing and we'll be good to go um but here it says that we can be nourished by with herbs and mild food and with tenderness so you know it's not just the priesthood blessing that's going to help you it's your faith it's your uh, the things that you put into your body and sometimes people need medication and that's okay that the lord has provided for us in this in these latter days to be able to take medication that can help us um and then we can also get the priesthood blessing um but it's not going to be just the priesthood blessing that's going to do it and also it's not just going to be the herbs that we take or the medicine that we take, you know, together, um, everything works together uh, with the Lord to provide that healing. Um, so let's remember that. Yes, the Lord can just heal us um, no matter what, but I believe that, you know, prayer without works is dead. It's what it says in the scriptures. So if I'm going to pray for my, for my eye to get better, you better believe that I need to put some drops in my eye and maybe have to have surgery if my I need it for my eye, and then maybe I also need a priesthood blessing to kind of seal it all up together and say, "You know what, Lord? I have done the things that I needed to do, and it's now in your hands, you know um it's like when we were going through the infertility uh, process or when we were going through fertility treatments to try and help me get better. You know, I had to stop eating gluten. I had to, um, lower my carbs. I had to take a bunch of medication that we had to fly from, um, fly over from England. And, uh, I had to get it, go do a bunch of testing and just so many things, um, that, And then we had to do IVF process, which some people think is um, playing God or trying to be God. But we're certainly not because obviously even the people that go through IVF don't experience success every time in getting pregnant. So it's definitely in the Lord's hands still if those processes will work. But we wanted to make sure that we could show before the Lord, like, We have done everything that we can. And finally, the doctor is like, you know what? We can't take your money anymore. And so you're doing everything that you can, but you're just old and you have too many um, autoimmune problems and it's just not going to work out anymore. So I'm sorry, but that's it. And so we could be confident with the Lord saying, look, we did everything. We did literally everything we could within our power here and it's up to you you know um and you know he could have not made or he could have made the two miss the early miscarriages that we had he could have made those um grow into full babies and it would have been great we would have loved them but he didn't right it just wasn't the right time and it was it was probably for the best because I don't think it was the right time. Um, looking back now, of course. Um, so, cause in 2018 was when we experienced our, um, when we found out that Satan was really trying to break us apart by attacking dad with continued, um, you know, pornography addiction and then mom with betrayal trauma. So we just could not do it. And it was hard to go through that phase because it was at the same time that um, we were going through trying to get pregnant. But my body was never going to be able to withstand a, a whole trauma. I was, I was going through my own emotional ICU um my own emotional problems that i could not even fathom having a child at at that point you know so so the lord is very wise and you know we'll get to have those babies later and that's okay and um yeah so so it's it's prayer it's working towards what you want um for that healing to come and then that blessing as well. Cause I've, I had received several blessings, um, for, for that and it di- it just didn't work out and that's okay. And now look at us with little Flora, what a miracle she is in our lives today. And she was just born this year and it's been three years, um, since, since D-Day and, I think it's a lot better timing now than it was when we were trying. So anyways, the Lord knows. The Lord knows us. Okay. And he knows what we need. Okay. Number 45. Thou shalt live together in love insomuch much that thou shalt weep for the loss of them that die. And more especially for those that have not hope of a glorious resurrection. And it shall come to pass that those that die in me shall not taste of death or it shall be sweet unto them. And they that die not in me, woe unto them, for their death is bitter. And again, it shall come to pass, that he that hath faith in me to be healed, and is not appointed unto death, shall be healed. He who hath faith to see, shall see. He who hath faith to hear, shall hear. The lame who hath faith to leap, shall leap. And they who have faith not or and they who have not faith to do those to do these things but believe in me have power to become my sons and inasmuch as they break not my laws thou shalt bear their infirmities and thou shalt stand in the place of thy stewardship thou shalt not take thy brother's garment thou shalt pay for that which thou shalt receive of thy brother and if thou obtainest more than that which would be for thy support thou shalt give it unto my storehouse that all things may be done according to that which i have said okay so right there you know um when you when they were consecrating their their things you know sometimes they would get a little extra because it did say for their wants, right? And if they got a little extra, they would turn it into the storehouse to give to those who were needy and poor. And, you know, um, maybe it was something that, uh, or not maybe, but it's something that's now similar to our uh, fast offering, you know, um, where they ask us to give enough money um, when we're skipping a meal for somebody to be able to have a meal. Now, if we have extra, we can always give more during for fast offering. So that's pretty awesome. So we can do that. Um, But now it's not governed necessarily by the by our bishop as much um, like we don't have to turn in our house to the bishop and we don't have to do all those things. Because we exchange in money, and not in in land and uh, property. Uh, okay, let's see. Are we in fifty six? Yes, thou shalt ask and my scriptures shall be given as I have appointed and they shall be preserved in safety. And it is expedient that thou shouldst hold thy peace concerning them and not teach them until ye have received them in full. And I give unto you a commandment that then ye shall teach them unto all men for they shall be taught unto all nations, kindreds, tongues and people. Thou shalt take the things which thou hast received, which have which have been given unto thee in my scriptures for a law to be my law, to govern my church. And he that doeth according to these things shall be saved, and he that doeth them not shall be damned, if he so continue. If thou shalt ask, thou shalt receive revelation upon revelation, knowledge upon knowledge, that thou may know the mysteries and peaceable things, that which bringeth joy, that which bringeth life eternal. Okay, so I like how we need to we're reminded that we need to ask to receive revelation and knowledge um, because things are pre- like b- blessings are preceded by our asking. I mean, the Lord obviously wants to bless us because that's what he says. He delights in blessing us, but you got to be able to communicate what you need, right? And sometimes it's confusing because the Lord is like, hey, I want you to ask for things so that that can help us in the relationship that we're trying to establish. I want you to ask for things um, and blessings, right? And so we'll say, okay, so I'm going to ask, but then we're sad when we don't get what we asked for, right? But that's because the Lord is all-knowing and knows what is good for us and knows what um, what we need at that moment. And so it's kind of a fine line that we walk, you know, because you're like, well, if I'm not going to get what I ask for, at least I can hear Finn saying this. If I'm not going to get what I ask for, why do you want me to ask? <laughs> but I don't necessarily think it's because he wants us to ask, like, please bless me with this and please bless me with this and please bless me with this like, right? Just so many things. But I think it's just because he wants to have a relationship with us. If we're not communicating with the Lord, if we're not talking um, with heavenly father, then, I mean, they already know us. Okay. They already know us. We're the ones who need to come to them So that we can establish a relationship with them. So that's just something that we can talk about with them. And it's not to say that, hey, come ask me for what you want and I'm going to give it to you. No, it's hey, come tell me about your day. Come tell me what happened. Come tell me what you do want. You know, come tell me things that are happening in your life and tell me what you want. And then let's talk about it and get down to the root of things. Like not just talk about what you want, but we can talk more. We can talk more. Like why? Tell me why you want these things specifically and what you're going to do with these things. You know, it's not just tell me what you want. Like he doesn't just want a list of, you know, like your Christmas wish list. That's not the point of prayer. And so it's definitely him trying to get to have a relationship with you. It's like when we talk to you about your day and we ask like how was your day? We don't want just like a good, bad, you know, we don't want like a one word answer. Obviously that question is not the best question either, but <laughs> What we want is we want you to tell us about your day. Like, how did it go? You know, did you make new friends? Was there a hard part in your day? Was there something, you know, that you wish would have happened that didn't happen? Is there something that is going on at school that maybe is causing you some heartache? Or is that, you know, but obviously to get better answers, we got to ask better questions. But I'm just saying, like, it's similar to us uh, saying how are you doing in school? You know, we don't just want a standard answer, like flat answer. Okay, we are in section 42, verse 62. Thou shalt ask, and it shall be revealed unto you in mine own due time, where in my own due due time, where the new Jerusalem shall be built. Oh, okay. So they were asking for that but he's like but I'm going to tell you when it's right you know keep asking though cuz I I like that It's like when your friend asks you to play outside hey do you want to play outside and these analogies might be so off but they kind of make sense to me so I'm kind of sharing them as they come Hey do you want to do you want to go play with me and your friend and you're like oh I really can't today you know cuz I don't have uh, the availability, the means, just not the right time. You know, it's not going to work out today, but keep asking because there might be a right time. And then, and then that's when we'll do it, you know, then we'll play. Um, if that, if that makes sense, I feel like, That's kind of what he's saying right there. Uh, Okay, 63. And behold, it shall come to pass that my servants shall be sent forth to the east and to the west, to the north and to the south. And even now, let him that goeth to the east, teach them that that shall be converted to flee to the west. And this in consequence of that which is coming on the earth and of secret combinations. Behold, thou shalt observe all these things and great shall be thy reward for unto you is... It is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but unto the world it is not given to know them. Ye shall observe the laws which ye have received and be faithful. And ye shall hereafter receive church covenants such as shall be sufficient to establish you both here and in the Jerusalem. Therefore, he that lacketh wisdom, let him ask of me and I will give him liberally and upbraid him not. Lift and I keep yawning. Ooh. This is the problem. Maybe you guys have this same issue when you read out loud. Who knows? Lift up your hearts and rejoice, for unto you the kingdom, or in other words, the keys of the church have been given. Even so, amen. The priests and the teachers shall have their stewardships, even as the members. And the elders or high priests who are appointed to assist the bishop as counselors in all things are to have their families supported out of the property which is consecrated to the bishop for the good of the poor and for the purpose for other purposes as before mentioned. Okay, so it looks like people are going to need houses built for them, who are the elders and high priests who are appointed to assist the bishop. Um And so people that are, you know, providing their homes or their means or, you know, hey, I have an extra house. I'll let the bishop live there. Or, hey, I have an extra house. I'll let this elder live there. Okay, number 20 or 72, or they are to receive a just remuneration for all their services, either a stewardship or otherwise as may be thought best or decided by the counselors and the bishop. And the bishop also shall receive his support where a just remuneration, remuneration, you guys can look that up, for all his services in the church. Behold, verily I say unto you that whatsoever persons among you having put away their companions for the cause of fornication, or in other words, if they shall testify before you in all lowliness of heart that this is the case, ye shall not cast them out from among you. But if ye shall find that any persons have left their companions for the sake of adultery and they themselves are the offenders and their companions are living, they shall be cast out from among you. And again, I say unto you that ye shall be watchful and careful with all inquiry that ye receive none such among you if they are married. And if they are not married, they shall repent of their sins or ye shall not receive them. Okay, so... We're basically um, talking about fornication, adultery, um, and if those people are married or not married. Anyway, so you guys know how I feel about this. So we're going to keep going. Otherwise, I can go off. Um, And again, every person who belongeth to this church of Christ shall observe to keep all the commandments and covenants of the church. And it shall come to pass that if any persons among you shall kill, they shall be delivered up and dealt with according to the laws of the land. For remember that he hath no forgiveness, and it shall be proved according to the laws of the land. And if any man or woman shall commit adultery, he or she shall be tried before two elders of the church or more. And every word shall be established against him or her by two witnesses of the church and not of the enemy, but if there are more than two witnesses, it is better oh man like let 's just not commit adultery, okay like it just gets really complicated and and sad, and what about the family you know they 're not even talking about the kids and what 's going to happen with them and I know from experience from being a child from a divorced family, um, the kids are worried about themselves and about their family and what's going to happen to their family um afterward you know after we die what's my family going to look like because I want to know but um I was able to find out for myself that that was not that doesn't matter as much because the Lord loves me if I know that the Lord loves me am I going to believe that my experience after I die is not going to be a good one no, of course if I if I know that the Lord loves me, then he's going to want the best for me and the best for my family and so he's going to make sure that everything that we do and everything that happens is great. Um Okay. Eighty-one. Sorry, but he or she shall be condemned by the mouth of two witnesses and the elders shall lay the case before the church and the church shall lift up their hands against him or her that they may be dealt with accordingly, according to the law of God. And if it be and if it. And if it can be, it is necessary that the bishop be present also. And thus ye shall do in all cases which shall come before you. And if a man or woman shall rob, he or she shall be delivered up unto the law of the land. And if he or she shall steal, he or she shall be delivered up unto the law of the land. And if he or she shall lie, he or she shall be delivered up unto the law of the land. And if he or she do any manner of iniquity, he or she shall be delivered up unto the law, even that of God." And if thy brother or sister offend thee, thou shalt take him or her between him or her and thee alone. And if he or she confess, thou shalt be reconciled. And if he or she confess not, thou shalt deliver him or her up unto the church, not to the members, but to the elders. And it shall be done in a meeting, and that not before the world. Okay. Oh, and if thy brother or sister offend many, he or she shall be chastened before many. And if he or and if any one offend openly, he or she shall be rebuked openly, that he or she may be ashamed. And if he or she confess not, he or she shall be delivered up unto the law of God. And oh, if any shall offend in secret, he or she shall be rebuked in secret, that he or she may have opportunity to confess in secret to him or to her whom he or she has come has offended and to God that the church may not speak reproachfully of him or her and thus shall ye conduct in all things okay so this one is a little confusing if you think uh about it too long I mean I guess you have to think about things longer because that's called pondering but no um basically I love that We're to take things between, like, if we have a problem with somebody, the Lord's like, don't be talking about somebody behind their back. Go talk to them in in their face and in person, right? And between him and her, between him and her and the alone, right? Just the two of you or the three of you, if that's the case. But you don't have to talk about people behind their back. And that's what the problem is, you know? the problem here and everywhere especially in school i feel is he said she said and and everything is all about um talking about everybody and it's just not healthy and nothing good is going to come of talking about other people and so i mean obviously if you're ta- if you're saying positive things that's fine i suppose but you know let's just talk if you have a problem with somebody go talk to them. Now, if somebody has a problem with you and they come talk to you, be open about it, right? But also like if you are going to talk to somebody about something, maybe evaluate what it is that you're going to talk to them about. Maybe see if it's you who needs to make that change first before trying to go and talk to somebody else about it, right like i'm not going to be able to talk to somebody else about something that um for example okay i several years ago a couple people came to me and talked to me and basically sat me down and told me to stop being who i am okay <sighs> to stop doing everything to stop being me and that was it <laughs> now if that was their intention well that came across really well if that was not their intention they didn't communicate in a way that made it safe um, environment for that kind of uh, communication so that's what that's what I'm saying like how can you can't approach someone and tell them to stop being who they are <laughs> That is not going to work. You got to be specific or you have to know exactly what it is that you want to accomplish. Why are you like, and it messed me up for so long and I still consider them my bullies because how do people come to to you and say to stop being who you are and stop doing what you're doing and stop being you? Uh, That's messed up. Like, I feel like that's a high school level uh, kind of um, bullying where you're going to tell people to stop being who they are. Like people just can't do that. Now, a healthier way to go about this would be to bring up something specific. If you didn't like something that I did and you were offended by what I did, Then I can address that specific issue and tell you maybe why I did something and then we can continue the conversation, okay? But to just have a generality of like, you need to stop being you is not going to happen. And how are you going to get the outcome that you want in the first place, right? Also, these people confessed to me later that they had been talking bad about me behind my back to everybody that we knew. And I'm like, thanks, that's great. And they were like trying to apologize to me. Now, I love this scripture that says that if you are going to offend someone openly, then you will be rebuked openly, right? And I feel like if you were offending me like that, like guess what? You're going to be rebuked openly. That's what the Lord says here. Um, or if you offend in secret, you shall be rebuked in secret. And, you know, maybe openly means me in front of a bunch of people, or maybe it means um, that you talked bad about me behind my back, but it was a bunch of people. Or if you did it in secret and it was just you one-on-one with somebody, then that means you're going to be rebuked later. I, you know what? I've moved past what happened, it took me a while, a lot of um, self-reflection, a lot of self-care, a lot. And I was going through a hard time already with Clark, um, with dad, that like, it just was not good, right? I was getting it from everywhere. People that I was serving with, those were my friends or so I thought. And I still love those people. I just know that I have to separate myself from them Because I don't know, you know, I don't know what else that they can do. And yeah, maybe they didn't mean to hurt my feelings. But when you tell somebody to stop being who they are, that's confusing. And the the adversary took that and just really tore me apart. And so I'm grateful for the work that I've been able to do to move past that. And obviously, when I go back to that place, I still feel those feelings of hurt because it hurt. Um, And so when you communicate with people, be really specific and figure out what you're going to say before you just decide that you're going to say some random thing like that, because that's not going to benefit anyone. And you're not going to get your outcome from meeting with this person. So it's just going to be a waste of time in the end for you anyway and you're just going to mess up some other poor friend that you have brother or sister whoever you know and it's not going to be good okay and the lord is going to uh chastise you and um and that's that's a consequence that you are willing to deal with so be specific in your communication with people um because that will be a blessing to you and to them because they'll be able to know what it is that you want from them. Um, anyways, that that that's just my little rant on those those few verses because because it's, and, and please don't talk about people behind their back. Okay? Because then you have to go feel sad and sorry and bad because you did that. And whether you feel sad about it at the moment, that's probably not going to happen. But you're going to feel sad about it later. And you're going to wish you could take it back. So... Anyways, a number, uh, we're going to get into section 43 and this is revelation given through Joseph Smith, the prophet at Kirtland, Ohio in February, 1831. At this same, at this time, some members of the church were disturbed by people making false claims as revela- as revelators. The prophet inquired of the Lord and received this communication addressed to the elders of the church. The first part deals with the matters of church polit- polity. the latter part contains a warning that the elders are to give to the nations of the earth. 1 to 7, revelations and commandments come only through the one appointed. 8 to 14, the saints are sanctified by acting in all holiness before the Lord. 15 to 22, elders are sent forth to cry repentance and prepare men for the great day of the Lord. 23 to 28, the Lord calls upon men by his own voice and through the forces of nature. 29 to 35, the millennium and the big, the binding of Satan will come. Oh, and still on the past, I... I also, and this is also another reason why we teach you like what other people say about you does not matter. What matters is what Christ thinks of you. And so obviously, I was caring too much about what people were thinking. And so that's another reason why I needed to have, it took me a while to kind of get back to, you know what, it does not matter what other people think of me. It only matters what I think of me and what, Christ thinks of me. And when you can truly get down to that, then you'll be able to do anything. And once you know who you are, no matter what people say about you, you can do anything. And that is where you want to be. That's where you want to live. And sometimes Satan will move that, will move you a little bit closer to, let's see what people think, you know? And so, anyways, I just needed to add that in there. Okay. Section 43, verse one. O hearken ye elders of my church, and give ear to the words which I shall speak unto you. For behold, verily, verily, I say unto you that ye have received a commandment for a law unto my church, through him whom I have appointed unto you to receive commandments and revelations from my hand. And this ye shall know assuredly that there is none other appointed unto you to receive commandments and revelations until he be taken, if he abide in me. But verily, verily, I say unto you that none else shall be appointed unto this gift except it be through him, for it, for if it be taken from him, he shall not have power except to appoint another in his stead. And this shall be a law unto you that... You receive not the teachings of any that shall come before you as revelations or commandments. And this I give unto you, that you may not be deceived, that you may know they are not of me. For verily I say unto you, that he that is ordained of me shall come in at the gate and be ordained as I have told you before, to teach those revelations which have received which you have received and shall receive through him whom I have appointed. So... This is so good because sometimes we think, oh, you know what? I heard this random thing from this random person, and it's totally true. And at this time, so many people were receiving revelations, right, that something might be true to them, that the Lord was trying to communicate to them. But it's not true for the whole church, okay? Like... I could be in a place where I need to not run faster than I have strength because of maybe where I'm at in my life, right? Maybe, and this is a real example, I guess, because Flora was born, I have not been able to do as much as I've wanted to. And usually with newborns, you can't. There's just no way. Um, But you know what? For other people, they need to not be idle. They and you know, I mean, I feel like I'm being idle when I'm nursing, right? But they need to not be idle. So, um and they have to work and they have to do things, right? And they have to thrust in their sickle with all their might kind of thing. And <laughs> whereas I might not need that right then. And so they had so many people receiving revelations and this was back then, you know, they they didn't know better. And so the lord was just trying to say like hey revelation for the church is going to come through the prophet and through those who you uh, who have stewardship over you like a bishop or something but only related to like church matters because you can't like imagine if everybody was preaching what it is that the lord was revealing to them and trying to apply everybody's revelations to our life like that would just be insane and super chaotic right and would make no sense to us whatsoever. And and I mean, it's already confusing enough trying to discern between Satan and your own voice. And then the spirit and your own voice. And then the spirit and Satan's voice. <laughs> right? So it's just, it, it's already confusing enough that if you were to add in, like, my neighbor told me I needed to do this. And my other neighbor told me I needed to do this. Then it's just going to get too cray cray. So... That is why the Lord was trying to make sure that people knew what was going on. And I bet that came, and when that revelation came, it must have felt really peaceful. Like, oh, okay, I don't have to do everything my friend said. Or I don't have to do everything so-and-so said. Right? So, okay, um... Number Eight, and now behold, I give unto you a commandment that when ye are assembled together, ye shall instruct and edify each other that ye may know how to act and direct my church, how to act upon the points of my law and commandments which I have given, and thus ye shall come become instructed in the law of my church and be sanctified by that which ye have received, and ye shall bind yourselves to act in all holiness before me, that inasmuch as ye do this, glory shall be added to the kingdom which ye have received, inasmuch as ye do it not, it shall be taken, even that which ye have received. Purge ye out the iniquity which is among you, Sanctify yourselves before me, and if ye desire the glories of the kingdom, appoint ye my servant Joseph Smith junior, and uphold him before me by the prayer of faith. And again I say unto you that if ye desire the mysteries of the kingdom, provide for him food and raiment and whatsoever thing he needeth to accomplish the work wherewith I have commanded him. And if ye do it not, he shall remain unto them that have received him, and that I may reserve unto myself a pure people before me. Um also it it would have been super hard personally like to receive so much help from the church um and I'm not a guy i think i think even men have um a stronger like uh will to provide for their family because that was what uh, the lord has ingrained in them that they are to provide for their families' wants and needs, right? And because he was the prophet, the Lord was saying, "No, no, I want everyone to help you now, you know, I mean, he was already getting help before, but he like it's just even more specific, like food and clothes and a house, you know, and so it's like, let everybody do that for you." And I think if I had been the if I had been Joseph Smith at that time, that would have been super hard to try and humble myself like that um, to receive so much help from the church, you know? Uh, he had to, he would have had to be super humble. And uh, also like, wouldn't you feel like, like for sure, no wonder people were always super judgy of him and what he was doing because he was, sorry, I need to get water. Um, because he was given so much stuff that like the, the members gave him so much stuff that I, I would have almost like been watching him at all times. Right. Like not, I'm not saying I would have, cause I'm not going to go watch the prophet. Right. But at the time, okay, when you are, this is your first time, going into some kind of church that's asking so much of you, like you have moved your whole family. And now the Lord is like, you need to provide for the prophet. And I'm like, what? I can barely provide for myself. And so like, if I were to be asked to give so much stuff, you know, like, would you have kept an eye on the prophet and how he used that stuff that you gave him? Like, that would have been really hard. I think both as the prophet to receive it, like as a person, even just as a human being receiving something and as people giving it, like for example, okay, we just got a bunch of presents from uh, friends for Flora. I feel, okay, this responsibility, okay, and this is just me, like nobody's even told me this, to take pictures of every outfit that I get from somebody and send it to them and be like, thank you so much. But not only that, I also feel an obligation of some sort to take a picture of her in that outfit and send it to the person who gave it to us. Now, I've done an okay job, because I'll forget who gave it to us. And then I'm like looking it up on our Google photos to find the picture of who it was and then whose name. And anyway, it's like a whole process. And I am pretty dang sure that those people do not need me to send them a picture of Flora in their outfit. (laughs) You know what I mean? It is just more work that I am doing for myself, but it is something that I feel that I want to do because I want them to know how much I appreciate their love and their support and their helping. Not that we even needed it. You know what I mean? We don't We didn't need it. We could buy all her clothes. In fact, we would not have bought that much clothes in the first place. But yes, we could have bought all her clothes, or grandma could have bought all her clothes. You know what I mean? Because grandma wants to buy stuff. But imagine being Joseph Smith, getting all this clothes and home and everything. Like, dude, I would have gone crazy. I would have been like, let me take a picture. Let me take a picture of this, me sitting on this awesome couch that the neighbors just gave us, you know, and be like, look, I'm enjoying your couch. Or maybe if I'm not, maybe if I'm just sitting on the couch watching TV, I'd feel like bad that I wasn't out serving because the neighbors gave me that couch. And I'd be like, dang, I'm just slouching around I'm being idle. You know what I mean? Like it would have just tested like all of my human insecurities and I would have felt super inadequate. Plus... There's so many things written about the about Joseph Smith and like all of the the haters out there of Joseph Smith, you know, they're always looking up things that are not positive and things that he did that are mistakes and you know, obviously people are gonna make mistakes and they're human, but now introducing this factor into the whole thing, it's just like even more heightened. Like those people for sure would have been like, Well, yesterday I saw Joseph out and he wasn't even wearing my overalls, so I'm gonna that I gave him that he's supposed to be wearing like every day. I thought he said he didn't have any pants, you know? And then it's like, all of a sudden you write it down in your journal. Like it's all, it's pretty sad that, uh, I just saw Joseph out there doing this. Like, and it has nothing to do with the overalls. Like you, your mind are thinking overalls, he didn't wear them. And so now you just want to nitpick the prophet because he chose not to wear your overalls. And I'm, this is like maybe an extreme, you know, example, but also maybe not like, think about it. Right? Like when you gift something to somebody, the next, like especially clothes, the next time you see them, what are you saying in your mind? Right? What's the story you tell yourself? Are you like, wait, how come she's not wearing my earrings? How come she's not wearing my bracelet? How come she's not wearing the pants that I gave her? You know, all those things. And I'm not saying that it's bad to think that because the, you're entitled to think whatever you want and you're entitled to feel however you want. But it's when we start. Talking poorly about someone in our journal or in, I mean, I guess in our journal, it's kind of private, but then it gets published, right? So we have to remember like, hey, this was somebody's private thought. That doesn't necessarily mean that the prophet was actually um, in the wrong at all, right? And then there's times where he was in the wrong and that's okay because it was a brand new church and he didn't know how to do stuff. I mean, I've, right now, I know more of the gospel than... Uh, he did at because I've been a member like all my life, you know, forty plus years. He was not a member forty plus years. You know what I mean? So, and I guess technically I got baptized when I was eight. So you know what I'm saying. But anyway, just take that into consideration when you're reading things from other people. And when we're reading things about the prophet and how hard it must have been for him to manage all those feelings and how Satan would have tried to attack him in so many different ways. Um, Because it's true, he would have done, he would have done a number on him. So we're going to keep reading now, if I can remember. Oh, and my bad, we were talking about Revelation. So yes, we were just needing to listen to the prophet. So um number 13 and again i say unto you that if ye desire the mysteries of the kingdom provide for him food and raiment and whatsoever thing he needeth to accomplish the work wherewith i have commanded him and if ye do not wait oh i already read this huh and if ye do do it not he shall remain unto them that have received him that i may preserve unto myself a pure people before me and we're and you know as you manage those kinds of feelings from gifting something to someone and then expecting something back or expecting something in return, um, those aren't pure, pure, pure feelings, right? And so the Lord was first trying to teach us or teach them that you need to share, right? And then second, we need to manage those emotions that we're feeling as well. I feel like that is like a layer that we don't necessarily talk about. Um, so I think it's important for us to to keep that in mind. Okay. 15. Again, I say, hearken ye elders of my church, whom I have appointed. Ye are not sent forth to to be taught, but to teach the children of men, the things which I have put into your hands by the power of my spirit. Okay. Right here would be so crazy because I'd be like, but I don't even know anything. Are you sure that you're not sending me forth to be taught? Cause I need to be taught before I can, before I can start. Teaching, But that's what the Lord is saying. Just go teach. And we all know that as we teach, at least me personally, I have found that I always learn the most. So it makes sense that the Lord was like, don't just wait around. Just go teach and you'll learn in the process. Number 16. And ye are to be taught from on high. Sanctify yourselves and ye shall be endowed with power that ye may give even as I have spoken. So yeah, he's saying like as we teach, that's what's going to happen. Hearken ye, for behold, the great day of the Lord is nigh at hand. For the day cometh that the Lord shall utter his voice out of heaven. The heavens shall shake, and the earth shall tremble. And the trump of God shall sound both long and loud, and shall say to the sleeping nations, Ye saints, arise and live, ye sinners, stay and sleep, until I shall call again. Wherefore, gird up your loins, lest ye be found among the wicked. Lift up your voices, and spare not. Call upon the nations to repent, both old and young, both bond and free, saying, Prepare yourselves for the great day of the Lord. For for if I, whom am a man, do lift up my voice and call upon you to repent, and ye hate me, what will ye say when the day cometh, when the thunders shall utter their voices from the ends of the earth, speaking to the ears of all that live, saying, Repent and repent for the great day of the Lord. Oops, that's a question mark. Yea and again when the light when the lightnings shall streak forth from the east unto the west and shall utter forth their voices unto all that live and make the ears of all tingle that hear saying these words repent ye for the great day of the Lord is come and again the Lord shall utter his voice out of heaven saying hearken O ye nations of the earth and hear the words of that God who made you O ye nations of the earth. How often would I have gathered you together as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wing, but ye would not. How oft have I called upon you by the mouth of my servants and by the ministering of angels and by mine own voice and by the voice of thunderings and by the voice of lightnings and by the voice of tempests and by the voice of earthquakes and great hailstorms and by the voice of famines and pestilences of every kind and by the great sound of a trump And by the voice of judgment and by the voice of mercy all the day long and by the voice of glory and honor and the riches of eternal life and would have saved you with an everlasting salvation. But ye would not. Behold, the day has come when the cup of the wrath of mine indignation is full. Behold, verily I say unto you that these are the words of the Lord your God. Okay, so honestly... He's basically like telling us every means that he is using to communicate to us and we are not listening. So we don't have an excuse is basically what he's saying. Later, if we have not repented and we are not ready to meet him, we don't have a good excuse. What's your excuse? Doesn't matter because the Lord did everything he could, you know, and trying to tell us to repent and trying to tell us to teach other people, right? He wants us to minister to those around us. Okay, number 28. Wherefore, labor ye, labor, wait, wherefore, labor ye, labor ye in my vineyard for the last time, for the last time, call upon the inhabitants of the earth. For in mine own due time, will I come upon the earth in judgment, and my people shall... shall be redeemed and shall reign with me on earth for the great millennium of which I have spoken by the mouth of my servants shall come for Satan shall be bound and when he is loosed again he shall only reign for a little season and then cometh the end of the earth and he that liveth in righteousness shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye and the earth shall pass away so as by fire okay so I love that Satan's going to be bound. But it's not because the Lord is going to put him in chains, but it's because our decisions, our thoughts and our actions will, will chain him up. He will be bound by our choice to be righteous. And he's going to try and tempt us with all kinds of stuff. And we're going to be like, not today, Satan. And it's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. And so I'm excited for that day. I also wish that the Lord would just bind him. That'd be nice. But I guess we wouldn't progress if we didn't have those temptations to to help us strengthen ourselves. Right? And okay, number 33. And the wicked shall go away into unquenchable fire and their end. And there and no man knoweth on earth nor ever shall know until they come before me in judgment. Hearken ye to these words. Behold, I am Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Treasure these things up in your hearts and let the solemnities of eternity rest upon your minds. Be sober, keep all my commandments, even so. Amen. Also, when he says, and the wicked shall go away into unquenchable fire, it is not our job to identify the wicked people. Okay, just saying. Um, (laughs) The Lord is the judge and he knows the hearts and intents of each person. And so we might think somebody's wicked, but we don't know what's really going on in their life. Okay. So let's remember that we don't pick out who's wicked and we don't get to tell somebody that they're going to hell. The the Lord gets to do that, not us. And if we find ourselves doing that, you better repent right away. Okay. Because I don't want any of my family going to hell just because they tried to say somebody else was going to house. So that I mean that would not be nice. Okay, we're gonna read DNC forty four. Ooh, this is a shorter, so nice. <laughs> Section 44. Revelation given to Joseph Smith the Prophet and Sidney Rigdon at Curlin, Ohio in the latter part of February 1831. In compliance with the requirement herein set forth the church appointed a conference to be held early in the month of June following. One to three elders are to assemble in conference. Nice, general conference is the best. Four to six, they are to organize according to the laws of the land and to care for the poor. Okay, verse one. Behold, thus saith the Lord unto you, my servants, it is expedient in me that the elders of my church should be called together from the east and from the west and from the, mouth, uh, from the north and from the south by letter or by some other way. So that's how they call missionaries. And it shall come to pass that inasmuch as they are faithful and exercise faith in me, I will pour out my spirit upon them in the day that they assemble themselves together. And it shall come to pass that they shall go forth into the regions round about and preach repentance unto the people. And as many shall be converted inasmuch as they shall obtain power to organize yourselves according to the laws of man and your enemies may not have power over you that you may be preserved in all things that you may be enabled to keep my laws that every bond may be broken wherewith the enemy seeketh to destroy my people behold i say unto you that ye must visit the poor and the needy and administer to their relief that they may be kept until all things may be done according to my law which ye have received amen so he's basically trying to tell them to help the poor and the needy because that way there won't be any poor among them. And remember, there's that scripture that says that Zion is a place where there's no poor among them. Because we all know how to share and we all learned how to share. And we all learned how to give part of our substance to those who were have less than us. So um, he's just trying to help us to learn that concept because once we can learn that we can become um that Zion people but also the poor and the needy okay it and administer to their relief it doesn't necessarily mean the broke and the people who don't have any cash okay I feel like remember there's people who are poor in spirit okay um, what would they need? They're needy, okay? And we can administer to their relief, right? Where Who do we experience relief from? The adversary. Everybody can benefit from relief from the adversary, right? And so we need to strengthen our brethren, strengthen our sisters, and and continue to do that so that we can continue to become that Zion people that we strive to be. The poor, like... You know how sometimes you're like, oh, poor so and so, they just had surgery. Well, there you go, poor. Go do something about it. Give them a dinner. Send them some cookies. You know, text them. Shoot them something. Do give them a poster. Th- deliver a balloon. You know, there's so many options. Mow their lawn. Water their garden. Take out their trash. You know, take them to lunch. Okay. I mean, if they have surgery, they probably don't want to go to lunch, but you know what I'm saying? Help them with babysitting, help clean their house. There's so many options that we can help the poor and the needy and administer to their relief. All these things relieve us of um, our normal cares, right? We all carry a load. And if we need, if we want to help those around us, we can help carry their load, which would really give them some relief, right? So, so many ways you can look at that scripture, not just monetarily, okay? But yes, those are the more obvious people that we can reach out to. Um, anyways, love you and we'll see you again next week. Or I guess talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening.